ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. These ads are legendary and anticipated New Year viral content. So the message is clear, even for you backpackers. Roll out the barbie, ensure the gas bottle's filled, stack the fridge full of lamb and prepare the invitation list. So don't be un-Australian. Serve lamb on Australia Day. You know it makes sense. I'm Sam Kekovich. The summer lamb campaigns are known for being fun and creative and certainly encourage people to get together with friends and family for a barbecue. But with an oversupply forcing not only lamb but beef and goat prices to unprofitable levels for graziers at the moment, is it high time for the red meat marketing body to roll out a big promotion? Every time an Australian farmer sells livestock, they're charged a levy to support marketing, research and development activities. And this year... It's meant a budget of $13 million for domestic marketing manager with Meat and Livestock Australia, Graham Yardy. And that will cover everything we do across all those channels. That's the challenge. We love it. And we've got, you know, some great people that are working on that. And we've got great tools and great agencies that help us support that as well. Packed with protein. Feed your everyday greatness with beef. Hi. Sam Burke, Corporate Chef for Meat and Livestock Australia. I'm here to show you creative ways of cooking Australian red meat over fire. Why? Because it's liberating. I love the smell of lamb in the morning. It does vary year to year, but when you put that into context, uh, you know, that is less than about 0.05% of of the uh, turnover of the uh, industry. And so when you look at something like other big, you know, consumer products brands, they'll be spending, you know, 8 to 12%. While his team is best known for their lamb ads, the job of selling red meat is made somewhat easier by the fact Australians still love eating beef and lamb. You know, if we look at the top 10 meals that Australians eat, beef can play a role in eight of them. You know, the only things it can't is sort of, you know, fish and chips and chicken and chips. And so all the other ones, whether it be pastas, stir fries, casseroles, those sorts of things, beef can absolutely be the choice of it. So we've just been making sure that people see that it's a really strong choice um, for people's midweek meals and it stays in the repertoire. Obviously, lamb is the thing that brings people together. And that's always a big focus of our big summer lamb campaign. And Um, But this year we've been focused on being much more frequent with our advertising communications through the year. So it's not just a big spike once a year. Um, And we've been seeing fantastic growth um, in the volume of lamb being pushed through outside of summer, which, um, which we're happy with. This year, dry conditions have forced record numbers of livestock into abattoirs. It's also forced prices down. And Graham Yardy says it is allowing more people to put meat on their table. Obviously, the price is starting to come down um, at, at retail, and that's actually helping volume as well. So in the last four weeks, we've seen, you know, compared to last year, we've seen beef up 8% and lamb up 20%. Lamb's premium to chicken has been floating around sort of 80% for the last um, sort of five years. But if we look at where it is uh, in the last month, it's it's at fifty percent. The last time lamb was you know that close to chicken in, in cost was twenty fourteen, so ten years ago. We're talking. So this is a you know a very different scenario than we've faced for the last uh, five or six years. So 
Absolutely, you know, absolutely. So we're looking very closely at what we do and you know how we think about our promotional activities. Obviously, Summer Lamb is the is the next big thing off the uh, which is um, which is January, which is um, which is very much uh, in the works. But you know, we're looking at what other tactical things can we do with retailers to make sure that they've got enough stock weight. Um, um, at the shelf, they're doing everything in that last three feet, if you like, of purchase to make sure that the product is front and centre. When it comes to what parts of the animal we eat, though, most Australians aren't too adventurous. Even deep into Australia's outback, as butcher from Charleville in southwest Queensland, Sean Radnidge, or Zorro, as the locals like to call him, sees. Loin chops, barbecue lamb chops and legs of lamb. It's um, It's... Definitely just um, still the standard. Uh, we do sell some boneless and diced, but uh, majority of the, of the sheep and lamb go in, into their primals and um, into the just the, um, I suppose, the tried and tested way of being the old-style butcher. But you're in southwest Queensland. The likes of offal, uh, shanks, that, that used to be the bread and butter of many of your population in previous years. Uh, do you sell much of that? Um, yes, we do, and can I tell you, Amy, to the to the listeners out there, that it does hurt when a butcher has to buy lamb shanks, and they're coming in at roughly at the height of the market. Lamb shanks were costing up to around that twelve dollars um, per kilo. So um, definitely, it's definitely a different change, and we get a lot of our customers in the in the um, Charville area, which obviously have lived here for quite a while. But you know, when they've got to pay, um, and they've got to pay that premium price, and they used to feed them to the dogs, it definitely takes a little bit of explaining. While MLA Domestic Marketing Manager Graeme Yaddy agrees, he says his team is encouraging not only butchers but the fast food restaurants and catering industry to broaden their menu again. You know, we've seen the rise of you know obviously things like brisket in the last ten years getting out of just the you know southern barbecue approach and you know finding its ways uh, onto burgers and all kinds of things you know one of the opportunities that we saw with an airline not long ago was in some of the lounges was a you know a, a brisket for breakfast you know so new occasions the other thing that i think probably doesn't get enough press um, of the things we do is what we do in things like the food service space so we have a team out there that are making sure that all our food service customers, whether they be the big pub groups or um, quick service restaurants, QSRs, like the, the fast food chains, mm-hmm. are aware of some of the opportunities that the, the pricing and the supply chain might give them. One of the insights we have is that, you know, during COVID, when lots of food service outlets were under a lot of pressure, one of the things they did was uh, reduce their the breadth of their menu. And something, especially like lamb, probably suffered on that. So we've been really focused making sure that those menus are bolstered again and, and people have the opportunity. And so now we're sort of refreshing that messaging with our customers to make sure they know, hey, look, this is a fantastic opportunity to not only have a range of, you know, let's say good steaks, which, you know, things like pubs will always have, but hey, why not do a, a burrito bowl? Why not do a, the beef knuckle sandwich, you know, and, and you know, cost of living is still a, a major issue for everyone. And and, and this is an opportunity for actually red meat to, which I haven't heard for a long time, but actually be seen as um, going in the right direction when it comes to helping people, helping households save money or, or potentially have the enjoyment of a night out, which is some of the things that have actually been um, taken off the table for some households, for sure. But wait, where's the goat on my menu? 
Well, Meat and Livestock Australia says it's a challenge to promote it, with industry levies only bringing enough revenue to allocate approximately $100,000 from the 2022 to 2023 financial year budget. It's not something Charleville Butcher Zorro disagrees with. More than 200 people in his town are employed directly by a goat processor, and while they send huge volumes overseas, locals aren't keen to cook it at home. Oh, I mean, it, it varies and all depends on the customer. We do sell anywhere up to three to four goats, I would say, a month. Yeah, so I would say it all depends on what your, what your um, population is. And, and we do see um, different markets, whether it's Asian Pacific nations that have moved to these areas that are looking for that product. But yes, we do. We do sell a little bit of goat. Meat and Livestock Australia are keen to overcome the low budget and Graham says are being targeted with their message. It's a fantastic product and it's, uh, it's rich in flavour. But the familiarity, people just aren't used to it. But also then, you know, it's the distribution of it. So processing capacity is, is, always, a, is always a challenge uh, these days. And so being able to ramp that up to a place where, you know, customers can get consistent supply of it um, to be able to promote it. So, um, so I think the opportunity is, you know, things like, you know, butchers and those sort of things that want to offer a broader array of things for their their clientele and, you know, their, their demographic around their doors. I think that's a, a really good opportunity. Um, but I think, you know, we've been doing a bit of work this year. The idea was to highlight some of the food service restaurants that have got goat on the menu and really trying to push that a little bit through more through social media influences and you know, it's sort of a grassroots way to encourage trial and, and, and showcase the product. So while growing the domestic goat meat industry is a bit of a chicken and egg situation, it's a challenge some graziers are taking on. Recently, Charters Towers grazier Karen Robinson opened an unmanned butcher shop in nearby Townsville and explains to Adam Stephen how customers purchase their goat through a vending machine. You need to be a member to come on board. That person will receive a pin that is unique to themselves and then they'll have to download an app and that app will allow them to scan the label on the produce. When they walk in the shop there's fridges. We've got a goat fridge and we've got a beef fridge and they can go and get if they want some rump they pull that out and there's a label on the barcode and they use the app to scan the barcode and then they just check out through the app and that's it. What even inspired you and your, your husband to actually open a staffless butchery? As you may know, the goat market has gone down and most of goat meat is exported. So we were looking for another option and we were always hearing in the background like it's hard in our community to find consistent supply of goat meat. She says already a broad range of customers have made purchases. I would say our main market for goat would be um, we've got a a lovely cultural community um, that buys our goat meat which is like you know um, mainly from Africa and India and Nepalese and Nepal Um, but having said that now that we have the shop up and running it's been really cool to see how many Aussies are actually buying the goat meat um, now that it's available. 